Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT. The Brian Cage powerbomb on Sting. The Raquel Gonzalez promo from last night, where she schooled the main roster. A lot to talk about from both shows. And of course, the exploding barbed wire death match that we're going to get from Revolution between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. We get into the history of the match and of course FMW Wrestling and then we also get into a way how I can sneak into Daly's place and avoid the Cody Rhodes ban so I can see that match. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Uh, we are going to see Kenny Omega and John Moxley in a exploding barbed wire death match. And right away, Bully, I thought of you. And then I go, I know Bully tweeted about this. And then I went to your Twitter account and you did not disappoint. You tweeted and you showed footage of exactly what you just mentioned. And I spent my evening watching old FMW. <laughs> of uh, VHS tapes that I converted to DVD. So I am extremely excited about that. And again, like you just mentioned, uh, the legendary Onita, uh, his entrance, uh, wild thing, from the movie Major League. I don't, that's all I know. It's from the movie Major League. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that's wild thing from Major League. And that was Onita. Uh, yeah, Um like I said, that entrance that Onita did, he used Wild Thing as his entrance music. He was the ultimate rebel. And uh, I know Moxley's a big fan of Onita. I mean, if you take a look uh, through history, uh, you know, wrestling Cactus or, or Mr. Pogo or Funk or Onita, um, Mike Awesome, uh, Masato yep. Tanaka involved in a lot of those uh, exploding barbed wire death matches back in the day when they were being done correctly. And that is what I want to talk about um, when it comes to Omega versus Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match of doom or whatever the hell they're calling it. So on social media last night, tons of backlash against this match. And I was, I was kind of shocked, but then I remembered it's 2021 and everybody, you know, is basically you know, an eggshell and they'll crack instantly and can't handle stuff like this. And if, and if, and if you were one of those people who hated Omega versus um, Moxley, when they did their unsanctioned match, like with the barbed wire, um, uh, um, 
what was it? The net, the barbed wire net yeah, or whatever? Yeah, the, the netting that they fell into, yeah. Yeah, you're probably not going to want to watch this one. <laughs> no. Okay? You'll probably be bitching and moaning about this one. But I, I saw a tweet that I capped, Dave, and I just wanted to read it to you and get your thoughts right off the bat. Uh, this guy chimed in, and he goes, this match hasn't been relevant since the 80s when Terry Funk did them, and it was in on the indies in Japan. There's no need for it in 2021. It's just a wet dream for two guys who loved to trade tapes of this stuff as a kid and a money mark owner without the balls to say no to them. That was one of the glaring tweets that I saw. Um, You know why this match was relevant back then, Dave? Why is that? Because these guys are the, were the experts at doing it. These guys knew what they were doing. These guys had mastered the art of an exploding, you know, barbed wire death match. And there's a way to do it and get it right. And there's plenty of ways to do it and get it wrong. So what's your take on that tweet? Well, I, I, I hate it. Um, you know, somebody who took the time out to tweet that, like... I, why? Why do you have a hatred towards something that a lot of people consider an art form, like Bully just said, if done the right way? And who's to say that Kenny Omega and Moxley can't do it the right way? And what's wrong with two people that, you know what, 25 years ago did do tape trading in order to see that match? I know I did that 25 years ago, so... The fact that they may have fallen in love with pro wrestling by watching that style of wrestling, I, I think this is kind of awesome that they're bringing that to 2021. And then you, and then people love to take shots, you know, uh, at AEW, and they love to take shots at the Khan family. Well, what's wrong with Tony Khan, who grew up a pro wrestling fan? That bully, as you know, grew up an ECW fan. So if he grew up an ECW fan, there's probably an FMW VHS tape somewhere in his collection as well. What's what's wrong with wa- wanting to bring this back? Like, oh, there's you know two guys that their wet dream is to. So what? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with loving something, having a passion for something, and want to bring that to an audience, Bully, that may have never seen this type of match before? And one more thing from that tweet. Guy says, oh, Terry Funk was doing it in the 80s and, you know, uh, in, in some indie company in Japan. For people who don't know. <laughs> FMW FMW no indie company. Was no indie company. FMW? Like in 94 and 95, where they headlined barbed wire exploding death matches, had over 50,000 people in attendance for those matches. They drew millions and millions. Yes. They drew millions and millions of dollars. I think like the the one in 94, Bully, they had like 58,000 people in attendance. So this isn't like in some warehouse in front of 50 people. I mean, we talk about the Tokyo Dome having 40,000. They had 58,000 people for a barbed wire exploding death match. So and, if, and, when, you send, when you fucking send out a tweet like that, asshole, how about you do your fact check first before you make an ass out of yourself on national radio? And and think about this. If you want to... If you want to... Um talk crap about the match 
or say that it happened in an indie promotion in Japan. Well, Dave just told you why it wasn't an indie promotion. FMW was a big deal back in the day. FMW, in many ways, the precursor to ECW. But if you think a barbed wire exploding death match doesn't belong in wrestling or doesn't matter in wrestling, is so indie level wrestling, realize this. They were able to get that match over so much that New Japan actually did business with Onita in the Tokyo Dome and took the biggest star at the time in Masahiro Chono and put him in that match. When we think of when we think of the Tokyo Dome or Wrestle Kingdom, it wasn't Wrestle Kingdom back then, or, or the big Tokyo Dome show that would happen once a year for New Japan Wrestling. We're talking about the spirit of the fight, you know, uh, real wrestling, New Japan style, strong style. But you go back and you watch that entire event and you go back and you watch those people reacting to when that barbed wire went up around that ring, when they took the ropes down, when they put the barbed wire up and when those entrances happened, there was so much electricity in that arena. Normally, Japanese fans, as we all know, a little bit more reserved, actually a lot more reserved. They were on their feet in the Tokyo Dome, throwing garbage at O'Neill nita because the new japan faithful were so upset that he was able to weasel his way into new japan and get this match against one of their wrestling gods in chono think about japanese wrestling fans throwing garbage at a wrestler you never hear that you never see that the ultimate sign of disrespect japanese wrestling fans are so so respectful So don't tell me this match shouldn't happen in 2021. Don't tell me this match shouldn't happen, period. Wrestling can be anything and everything that it wants to be or can be as long as it's done correctly. And I hope these two guys go about the match correctly because there is a way to do it right. And believe me, Dave, it is all about the buildup. Yeah, and uh, like I want to talk about Onita for a second because I saw a lot of tweets. Like I posted something with a video of Onita, who's known as you know he's the king of the death matches, right, Bully? I mean, I think when you would label Onita as like you know as when you look at death matches and what we're talking about, he was the king, you know, regarded well, he's legendary. Mick Foley might take exception. To okay, that, okay, all right, but uh, I mean Onita was before Mick Foley. Well, I mean they're right around the same time. Yeah, right around the same time. But a lot of people, and I, and this is a term that I saw a lot played around with last night. Onito, a garbage wrestler, you know, not a real wrestler, no respect. That guy was a high school dropout who wound up being a politician because he was so damn popular. Like, he's a true success story based around pro wrestling bully. Like, I mean, you know, I know a lot of times we throw around the word, especially me, legend, legendary. But that guy's a true legend. Now, you want to say Mick Foley? Legend. Legend. Um, Long before it was en vogue for wrestling fans to bum rush a wrestling ring in the United States at the end of a show or... Or do a show where there were no seats around ringside and and fans just stood up. 
you have to understand the kind of baby face this guy Onita was. He was so beloved. And I know Onita's not in the match, but listen, Tony Khan's got deep pockets. Call Onita, call Funk, get them in each each guy's corner. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so awesome. Anyway, um Onita at the end of a show normally would be in the main event. And when that bell rang to end the main event, no matter who won, whether Onita won or lost, fans would bum rush the ring, Dave. Remember when you got a general admission ticket to one of your favorite bands and you got there early and as soon as they opened up the gates, you it was a mad dash. It was a sprint to the front of the stage so you could be in the front row? Yep. That's exactly what it was after an Onita match. And then Onita would be a bloody mess, sweating. The, the red bottles of water would be coming out. He'd put his leather jacket on. He'd throw a cigarette in his mouth. He'd be talking to the fans. And they were... They, they were... I don't even know the right word to describe how his followers, his minions, his masses... They were mesmerized they, by it. I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> they, they were mesmerized they were, by it. They yes. were. He had them in the palm of his hand, and he never, ever had a quote-unquote five-star match. He's probably not, never had a two-star match. All of his matches were surrounded by story and character and the gimmick match, and they always worked. You ask guys like Funk about Onita, Cactus about Onita, and vice versa. Why are we talking about Onita? It's because of the match. The match can work if you do it the right way. If they try to do too much, it's not going to work. There's a way to do it. And it revolves around how you toy with the psychology leading up to it. It revolves around how many times you actually fall into the exploding barbed wire and what it means in the match. One of my biggest problems with um, last man standing matches is that talent will prostitute the count. When a ref starts counting early, you know the guy's going to get up by two. Then a little later, he's going to get up by four. Then a little later, he's going to get up by six, a little later by eight, and then, you know, whatever the finish is. If I'm doing a last man standing match, I never want the count to be uh, to be prostituted. I don't want it to be used too much. In this match, you build to the exploding barbed wire. You go into the barbed wire once or two times, you get cut up, then you fall into the exploding stuff, and then you get a finish. You don't overdo it because then it becomes overkill. You want to leave this match with just enough so these people would want to see it again. Yeah, and and like I, I went back and, and boy, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because I went back and watched a lot of uh, FMW wrestling. And some of it you can find on YouTube, not very much. Um, I was lucky enough, I had a lot of VHS tapes that I converted to DVD. I was looking this morning, there are a few dvd collections that are on ebay and amazon if you can get a hold of them definitely do it and kind of build up to what we're going to see at revolution in uh you know in just a, in a couple months less than a couple months but um i was watching that match it was it was onita's retirement match 
And obviously, like many retirements, he wound up coming back. It was in May of 95. And it was against, uh, uh, God, who was it against his retirement? Hayabusa, right? Mm. Okay. Yep. So they had the, and and I forgot a lot about it because I haven't watched these matches in quite some time, Bully. We got kind of caught up in in what we're doing here and uh, watching wrestling in a daily basis. So I haven't watched some of these matches in a very, very long time. And if you remember in these matches, on the barbed wire exploding death match, they would have the clock, right? And then it would start at 15 minutes. And I forgot all about this, man. It would start at 15 minutes, and then they would have the countdown. There is nothing more exciting in the history of pro wrestling than those last couple of minutes before that clock would expire. And for those who don't know, Bully, when the clock expires and you get down to zero in those 15 minutes, the entire ring would explode. And I know it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what would happen. Like, I, and thinking about that, I don't think you would be able to do this match, Bully. Maybe you're going to tell me I'm crazy. I don't think they would be doing this type of match if we weren't going through what we're going through right now. Meaning, I don't know if they would have the balls to perform this match in front of an arena of 15,000 people, where there would be people close to the ring. I think a big reason why they're doing this match is because you're not going to have a lot of people at Daly's place. Because when that ring would explode, (laughs) it would really explode. There would be debris and smoke everywhere. And I don't know if they would be pulling this thing off if it was in front of a full arena full of people. If there was ever a time to do it, the pandemic era of wrestling is the time for that very reason. Between the explosions, the smoke, the dust, it's a liability um, nightmare waiting to happen with wrestling fans. I have no problem with the match. Um, When I heard it, I popped because I'm glad it came out of Kenny's mouth and not Moxley's mouth. Yes. I've been talking for a long time about Kenny. I'm tired of sugary, sweet Kenny. I'm tired of nice Kenny. I'm tired of Kenny the wrestler. I've seen it, been there, done that, got the cleaner T-shirt. I know he can do it. I want to see Kenny outside of his comfort zone, outside of the Kenny Omega that we've come to know and for, for most fans love. Last night, that was a decent promo. Saw some anger, some angst. Um, his boots. Where did he get those boots from? They're very pointy and curled. Maybe he got them from the Iron Sheik. Um, but uh, like the promo, like the fact that Kenny made the uh, exploding barbed wire death match shows a side to him that we're not used to seeing. It's going to be right up Mox's alley. And if you think about, Onita was was a regular wrestler. Yes. Long before he did any of this crazy stuff. And as a regular wrestler, he was just, he was good. He was okay, you know. But once he started doing all this crazy stuff, he became beloved to wrestling fans. Now, Kenny is not just an okay wrestler. Kenny's a great wrestler. Kenny's really, really great in the ring. But people appreciate Kenny for his moves, for his V-trigger, his one-winged angel, blah, 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 his matches with Okada. Now they're going to have an opportunity to love him for something different, for a different style, a different match, a different take on Kenny Omega. We saw that in the unsanctioned match. I think we're going to see it uh, even more on this one. Once again, 
no problem with this match. I have no problem with this match. I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. The reason I like it the most, Dave, it's different. Yes. Nobody's really. I mean, it was actually, it was attempted in ECW. I believe back in early, maybe late 94 or early 95, and it flopped because they didn't have, they weren't able to invest the right amount of money into the pyrotechnics and everything that makes the match special from an audio and uh, visual point of view. I don't think you're going to have that problem with AEW. I think Tony Khan is going to invest the right money in it so it will look as good sound as great as any of those Onita Funk matches in Japan. The yeah. payoffs should be there. Yeah, and and really quick, Bully, because I know we're running a little bit long in this open, but it's something that I know that I'm passionate about, and I knew you were going to be passionate about it, so that's why I wanted to open the show with it today. Also, it was extremely controversial, like you said, on social media. It seems to be kind of split where people are excited, and some people are using the term garbage, you know, garbage pro wrestling which really really aggravates me but this is what i wanted to kind of see from aew like i kind of wanted to see an alternative you know we talk a lot about ecw ecw was an alternative to the big companies to wcw and the wwf at the time like they did something different and it attracted a young audience it was like it was like thrash music it was it was non-commercial I, I'm glad that AEW to me is taking a chance here. And Tony Khan being a longtime pro wrestling fan is given the green light. Moxley and Omega, who are major, major pro wrestling fans, want to do this, want to sacrifice their bodies to do this. This is what I want to see from AEW. People have been bitching and complaining and bully saying, well, AEW is supposed to be an alternative, but they're a lot like the WWE. Well, this is a match that the WWE would never do. So I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm behind it. And I'm very, very interested and excited about what's going to take place at Revolution. I, you have to tune in out of morbid curiosity. This is one of those things where people tell you, if you knew a car was going to crash into another car at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, would you watch? People will watch out of morbid curiosity. This is different. This is something that hasn't been seen in a long time. And this is something when done the right way can be extremely entertaining. I have confidence in these two guys, especially with Mox, because this is right in his wheelhouse. This is right up his alley. He loves this shit. But you can't do too much. Go back and watch what Funk and Onita did in those matches. It was all it was all about the teasing of the barbed wire, the teasing of the explosion. You just can't give it to them. You got to build. It's all about the tease. Yep. It's all about the chase up to that moment. And if you give it to them the right way, the payoff is going to be pretty damn good. And the explosion at the end when the whole freaking thing explodes. <laughs> If the match lasts that long, which I'm pretty sure it will, yeah. it, it, it should be incredible. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. 
We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The next time that Moxley talks, he should be tongue-tied. He shouldn't know what to say. He should be in complete shock. If he's just like, oh, yeah, this is right up my alley. I love this. This is great. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. No, because I expect Moxley to say that. I want Moxley to not have an answer to the interviewer's question of, how do you feel about, you know, uh, Kenny Omega challenging to this type of match? Moxley shouldn't have an answer. Because this is the last thing John Moxley probably expected from Kenny Omega. And the more Moxley acts shocked about it up until the eventual match, the the more the match will be over. Because now people will be thinking, well, well, shit, if Moxley's shocked by it, I should be shocked by it too. Yep. And this is the psychology of this match. It's all about, you know, you know how we always hear matches like, you know, um, well, the Elimination Chamber, you know, it takes years off your life, and uh, th- this match will, 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 will humble a man, and this match will do this to you. Meanwhile, it never really does. The build-up to this type of match, an exploding barbed wire deathmatch, should be quite harrowing. It should be um, quite concerning to the competitors. Because think about it, barbed wire and explosives... Things are going to go wrong. Oh, yeah. People are going to get cut to shreds. Oh, this is going to be bloody. (laughs) No doubt. Good. It should be. Yes. Because you know what pisses me off about a Texas death match? What's that? Nobody dies. I know. And and thankfully, nobody dies. But Bully, You get get my point. point. No, no payoff to the gimmick. But Bully, this is what upsets me a lot of times with, like, cage matches now. Like, if your face gets rammed into a steel cage and your face is getting shredded against that cage and you hear, like, Michael Cole say, and there's, he's shredding his face on a cage, and then nothing. There's nothing. You should be busted open. You should be bleeding from something like that. Hey, then why have it? If, like if a you're head, not gonna... Like a headbutt straight to the face? Yes, like a headbutt straight to the face. Moxley's head, Moxley head butted Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega. I know yep. he was wearing glasses, but still, you saw the payoff of a yep. headbutt straight to the face. Yes. As opposed to Drew McIntyre headbutting the Miz, and the Miz was fine a couple of seconds later. Yeah. And then wrestling later that night. I guess six foot five uh, WWE champion uh, Drew McIntyre's headbutt doesn't mean as much or doesn't hurt as much. Maybe it tick a little bit. <laughs> This is as real as it gets. But bully to the point, and I'm being serious here. I got I gotta find my way to Daly's place for this match. Like, you know, like as as fans, I for me. All right, let's pump the brakes a no, little bit, Mark. I gotta find my I gotta get there. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Why? You super mock. No, I, I don't give a shit. I don't care. There have been shows. Care. Listen to me. Care. There have been shows that I had to get. I had to find a way there. You know what this is like. Bully, you've said this. Now, you're a performer. You're a wrestler. You're a Hall of Famer. But I know for you, there have been concerts like, I don't give a shit. I'm going. All right? 
Like the final kiss, like that kiss that last. I'm go- I'm going, Lagreca. I don't give a shit. I'm going. I'm going to find my way there. I don't care how much it costs. I'm gonna get. I have to. I have to see this in person. I have to find my way to Daly's place on March seventh. I, I I have to find my. way. I know there's a pandemic. There's COVID. I have to find my way into Daly's place to see this match. The first thing you got to do is get your permission slip signed from Violetta to let you out of the house. That's right. She's working from home today. <laughs> I gotta find my way. What What do I say? She is never going to let you out of the house. You haven't stepped foot out of the house without three masks on and two pairs of gloves in 10 months. Okay. You got to find a way. You better do something really nice for that woman. Otherwise, she's not going to let you go. And if she does let you go, you have to ask her to give your balls back also for that night. They're in her purse in the side pocket. I got to find my way. Eight seven seven three four four four. I don't have to. I don't have to whisper anyway. Eight seven seven three four four four. What Ed? What Ed? You're gonna say something? What? What? You're you're giving gonna... me that look. You got that look on your head. What? I what just are you wanted to say? pose a question. Ed, Ed. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, two things here. First off, Bully, do you remember that iconic photo of Ozzy Osbourne hitchhiking to hell, where he's he, he's holding the sign and it says hell, yes. and it pictured Dave and it just says Daly's place instead. <laughs> and second. Is it better to beg for forgiveness or ask permission? That's what you have to you know, reckon before you you realize what you're going to do here with Violetta. There you go, Dave. Maybe you sneak out. Well, this is this is where I need help from the nation. I got to think of a good excuse. I can't just say like oh, I'm going to go see a wrestling match because they, because then when it comes to pro wrestling, it's like oh, is this for work? You know, like I I, I got to come up with a good excuse to get out of the house for the weekend and go to Daly's place. This is a good one for the nation. Maybe they can come up with a great lie for you. Okay, maybe they can come up with a great lie for you. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. What was with this whole Kyle O'Reilly having a seizure thing? Yeah, that was uh, on social media. And I didn't see that until this morning, Bully, because when the show was over for me, the show was over, and I didn't really go on social media at all. But, you know, if you're watching NXT like most people did – you know, Kyle O'Reilly was outside the ring and he was selling. It looked like he was out cold. Uh, and then I think I think what happened, uh, and Ed, you might be able to confirm it a little bit more because Ed doesn't sleep. I mean, the guy gets two hours of sleep a night. Um, that somebody from the Capitol Wrestling Center tweeted that it looked like Kyle O'Reilly had a seizure outside the ring. I didn't see that on TV at all. Uh, but that seemed to be the word, and then WWE kind of squashed it later on in the evening. Am I right about that, Ed? You can see it in the background near the end of NXT as they're going off air when Cole is holding up the belt. You can see them motioning for refs and for people to come uh, attend to Kyle uh, in the back. And so what it was was a mix of people who were at the Capitol Wrestling Center tweeting about it, people picking up on that. Uh, the ball being taken and run down the field only to realize uh, down the road 
that WWE releases a statement or sources confirm that it was not it was not a legit injury. He was not under any medical duress. It was simply part of a storyline they were working on because at one point they brought out a stretcher. Triple H was involved. And once again, the Internet just ruins everything. Awful. Awful. I would rather have sat there thinking he had a seizure. You don't have to tell me it's part of a storyline. I don't care. Why do we have to? Why do we have to fix everything? Why did Ric Flair and Char- uh, Ric Flair and Lacey have to come out and say, "Oh no, no, this is not a love affair. It's strictly about a uh, teacher and student." Ugh. I I, I don't it's, it's, I honestly ridiculous. don't ridiculous. Also, it was never explicitly stated that he was suffering a seizure. What it is is Kyle O'Reilly is type one diabetic, so people were trying to put two and two together. <sighs> I mean, all I saw on NXT was a guy who was outside the ring selling his injuries. Like, exactly. that's all I saw. Me too. I watched it till the very end. That's all. So, and yes, Ed, they were motioning for referees, but they could have been motioning for referee, other referees because he was knocked out because he was uh, unconscious because uh, his wrist was broken. Which he was. Like, he was but motionless that- outside the ring. So when I- I'm watching on TV and I see people coming down, I'm thinking, well, they want us to see that. It's in full view of the camera. I don't want to know that he's okay. I want to think that there's something wrong. That's part of the story. It's And then it's- dirt sheet morons go on like 10 minutes afterwards and go, oh, I just got inside news that he's totally fine. It's part of a story. Thanks, dickface. Just ruin it for everybody. Like, I don't get it. This is, like, I get it. You know, we don't. We know it's not real. We, I, I get it. It's thrown in our face continuously. But now all these fans that say that they, they miss the magic of pro wrestling, and boy, it's so hard nowadays with social media to hide things. And, you know, the surprise element is gone for pro wrestling. Well, these are the same people that need to know everything and demand it on social media. These are the same people that are on social media after AEW last night saying, oh, Khan's a mark, and this is just a match he wants to see, so he's fantasy booking his own company, and and Omega and Moxley are just a bunch of marks, and they're doing a match that they want, and don't they know this is dangerous? Like, people could get hurt. Like, these are the same people that want surprises and something different, but then bitch and complain and don't let the process happen. Let the process happen. You don't need you don't need to know everything. Why do people have feel like they need to know everything? There's some things, bully. That- because they want to be smart. They want to feel like they're smart. Because they want to be so smart that they can turn around and go, Oh, Dave, you're a mark if you believe that. Everybody wants to be so smart. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second. Go right, ahead, for please. a quick second, okay? Three years ago, in front of the most, uh, in front of the smartest of smart wrestling fans, the Ring of Honor wrestling crowd in Chicago, in front of 2,500 people, I came out and I told them that that was my last night. I had broken my last table. I got hit in the head one too many times. It's time for me to step away. These smart fans took it hook, line, and sinker. Men in the front row crying. Standing ovation. Thank you, bully. Please don't go. They got worked because they 
believed everything I said. And that's the beauty of it. Don't you want to be worked? What are you watching pro wrestling for? Don't you want to believe, buy in, suspend disbelief? Don't you want a wrestler to be able to make you believe that he's hurt, injured, really hates somebody or really loves somebody and everything in between? Don't you want wrestlers to toy with your emotions? What are you watching for? For super kicks? Super kicks suck. For 450s? 450s suck. It's about the emotion. I don't know why, I don't understand why everybody needs to be in the know. I don't want to be in the know, and I'm in the know. By the way, the situation that you're talking about, Bully, was while you were hosting here on Busted Open. I didn't know what was going on. And I never called, did I ever call you and ask you? No. I went with it. I went with it. I had people tweeting me thoughts and prayers. God bless you. I hope you're well. Uh, Because I had to retire because I had one too many concussions. And then Snowflake's tweeting me, are you using this as an angle? Because it's gross and disgusting. If you're using CTE as an angle, no, it's not. It's pro wrestling. Not much is off limits. And concussions are a part of the game. And if I can turn it into a storyline where you fall for it, hook, line, and sinker, so be it. Why can't you just enjoy it? You know why you're mad? Because you're mad at yourself. Because you didn't even realize you were getting worked. Because you hated me, but yet you were wiping the tears from your eyes saying, Oh, no, bully, please don't go. You're the marks. I just don't understand it. Like, I, I, I get it. You can make be concerned about something. Listen, one of the great stories was about Michael Hayes burning the eyes of the junkyard dog. Amen. And people actually, young kids begging their parents for money to send to the junkyard dog because he had a family to feed and he couldn't feed his family because he couldn't wrestle. Therefore, he couldn't make any money for his family. And people were sending him money. Think about that. That's be- To me, that's beautiful that he was able to get that many people to believe that he was really blinded. And that people, and I'm sure Michael Hayes is laughs even today about... The, the slit tires in his car or having, you know, having to run to his car to get out of arenas because fans hated him so much because of what he did to the junkyard dog. That's the beauty of pro wrestling. I brought a little kid in the ring that night in Chicago and I gave him a piece of the table and I said to the little kid, I said, I wish I could shake everybody's hand in the arena. I wish I could hug everybody in the arena. But tonight, you represent everybody in the arena. And I gave him a piece of the table, and I hugged him, and the place melted. Oh, bully. He's such a nice guy. We're going to miss him so much. And then a couple of months later, I shoved it up all their asses and I turned heel because I can toy with their emotions anytime I want. And nobody's going to know what's real or not real because you'll never see through my work. And you shouldn't want to see through anybody's work in pro wrestling because that's the beauty of it. 
Like, How about the next time a Star Wars movie comes out, I tell you the finish before the movie oh happens. Oh, my God. You you tell one of these fucking Star Wars geeks the ending to one of the movies before they get the, you know, get their parents' permission to go see it? Oh, my God. They, they, I... There have been people that have posted spoilers on Twitter. They want, they want, they want to take that person's life for crying out loud because they spoiled the movie. I Kyle said, to- "Kyle said I get banned from AEW." I'm sorry, Kyle, but Cody's already banned me from AEW. Yeah, Kyle's so. a mutant too. Yeah. Um. I love uh, how about when uh when uh when Champa went on social mo- media and he ruined the finish of a movie for people? I was laughing my ass off. And people were pissed. But they, yes, because that's you're right. supposed you, to be pissed. Right, because you ruined... That's right, because for those people, oh, you ruined it for us. You, you ruined it for us. Well, people should go out of their way to not ruin it for other wrestling fans. People posted pictures of wrestlers at the airport the day of the Rumble. You know, people posting all that shit. What? You go, and people... It's expected now. But yet, but yet, you get pissed off when you know the Avengers Part Eighteen uh, plot is spoiled. The Avengers suck. It's stupid. Bully for your to your point of what you did. I, I, listen, I'm not even going to get into that argument. I didn't, I because I didn't even see any of the Avenger movies, so I can't tell if they were good or bad. But I remember Mother Marissa, bully. Calling me into the office and saying, what's going on with Bully? And I said, what do you mean? Well, is he really hurt? Like, is he really retired? Because she was making the schedule and she wanted to know what days to put John. And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, well, call him. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not calling him. She goes, why not? I go, he, he might be in the hospital. I don't know. I did. I and 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 I had people call me, Dave. What's going on, with bully? And and people thought I was lying. I really didn't know, because I didn't know. You didn't tell me, and I and I wasn't about to ask you. But at the same time, I dug it. I don't want to know, and I'm not in a know. And I work with the guy, and I don't know. I've been doing this for thirty years. I'm begging to get worked. I want to watch wrestling on TV and be able to go, oh, wow, they got me. I look forward to that. I see through every little thing that goes on because it's part of the business. You're so, I'm smart to it because I'm in it. But I want to be able to step away like after an Eddie Kingston promo sometimes. Or after I see Eddie and Moxley talk to each other, I want to say to myself, like, oh, there is a little bit of jealousy there. Oh, there's a little something there. Yeah, they're friends because they worked on the dog shit indies together. But oh, there's, there's, there's a little animosity. There's something going on. I look forward to that. I want to buy in. I want to buy into emotion. I want to buy into love. I want to buy into hate. I can't buy into a move. A move comes and then it goes. Yay. Okay, next. Yay. Okay, next. Woo. Wow. Ooh-ee. Wowee. Oh. Ee. Ah. Oh. Hey, how many times are you going to do the same fucking pop? God, I wish people... Did Kyle have a seizure? Gee, Mr. Hand, I don't know. 
Is Kyle going to be all right? Gee, Mr. Head, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to leave your your words on the board for the rest of the show for the rest of the listeners to see. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs> well, all right. All right. There's no oh. birthday. There's no party for me here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Do you know how many times I watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High last week? How many times? Three times. That's good. Good for you. Those, you know what? Those were uh, many hours well spent. But I just wish fans, you, you don't Stacey need was to a know. If, she, she wasn't exactly what you would call, you know, ladylike sometimes. All right. I was thinking the same thing watching the odd couple with the Pigeon Sisters. I was thinking the Pigeon Sisters were a little... But they were up there. You know, they were promiscuous, the Pigeon Sisters. The pigeon Sisters, you know, all, all, all Felix had to do was make some lady fingers. That's it. It's all it took. Sometimes yeah. that's all it takes. <laughs> Maybe we should tell Wardlow to make Gabby some lady fingers. It, no? It, it takes... A, you know what? You know why it was appreciated? He did it. He made it himself. He took the time and the effort to make it himself. That goes a long way. Don't just go to the store and buy it. You physically have to make the lady fingers. Eight seven seven three four. But but bully. Uh, lesson learned. You don't need to know everything. You don't. It's okay for there to be a little mystery. I'm sure they wanted people to think. Oh my God, is Kyle O'Reilly? Is he okay? Is he like I? I you know, maybe we have a hook. You know, maybe Bully, they had a little hook here where maybe they could g- gain a little viewership for next week. Where you need to find, you need to tune in to find out if he's okay or not. But no, everybody's got to know now. Why, when you go to a movie, are you scared? You know it's just a movie. There's nothing to be scared of. Why, when you go to a movie and you cry, why do you cry? It's just a movie. Why, when... You do anything that involves emotion where you know you're being manipulated. Why, when you go see a magician perform magic, do you give them a standing ovation? You know they just lied to you. You don't want, I don't want to know how the magician did the trick. All that I want to know is that he successfully worked me. That's how I know I got my money's worth. And I don't understand why every wrestling fan needs to be in the know. And mark my words, one day, real soon, you're going to have the fucking wool pulled over your eyes again in, a, in ways that you didn't know possible. Trust me. Yeah, if, if you just do it. Also, Wardlow, uh, side one of Led Zeppelin 4, if you're ever alone in the car with Gabby. Hey everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. There was a bunch of tweets that was driving me crazy when it came to Sting. One is that people were saying that Sting looked weak last night because he didn't take anybody out. Like, and I'm like, Sting? I, I, like, I'm looking at these tweets. 
morons. And I'm like, Sting looked weak last night because he didn't take any member. Uh, people are saying he should have at least taken out one member of Team Tat. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Sting is, you, I don't care what you do to Sting. I, even Triple H in that tar- horrible booking at WrestleMania 31 couldn't make Sting look weak. He didn't look weak last night, not being able to take anybody out from Team Taz. And then the other thing is, Bully, a lot of people concerned about Sting because he took that power bomb from Brian Cage, and people thought from the day the the glazed look in his eyes that he was actually <laughs> hurt last night. People were concerned. I, I saw a lot of screenshots. Of Sting's glazed look after taking that power bomb from Brian you know Cage, so I hope right. Sting is Sting's okay. hurt. Sting is not okay. Sting is hurt today. Sting's back hurt. I think he got his brain scrambled a little bit. He's got that glazed look. I don't know how Sting's going to make it through. I don't know if he's going to be okay. All those people that that showed concern for Sting, yep, Brian Cage is a big bad man. Power bomb Sting right to a concussion. Back hurt. Next hurt. Get everything hurts. Oh, boy. Wonder what's going to happen to Sting. He's wrestling at Revolution. We've had this discussion many, many times when it comes to Sting. He got a a clean bill of health. He feels good that he has felt in years. He wants to go out the right way. People have been bitching and complaining, Bully, that boy Sting, boy, see Sting every week. We see the snow come down. God, it's the same thing every week with Sting. Things get a little bit physical with Sting, and now people are uproar. Like, what are you doing? What's what's going on here? He's 61. Oh, no, you're 61. You're going to get hurt. Oh, no. Same people that are popping for him every time he comes out. Brian Cage was more over last night than he's ever been in his entire career. He with that was with the one power bomb. He, that, I'm sorry to interrupt. That was the strongest Brian Cage's look since he's come to AEW. That's the strongest Brian Cage's look since he came Bob sledding out of his mother. Whoa. My point is, in his whole life, in his whole career, that's the strongest he's ever looked. <laughs> is that the Whoosh. sound it makes? Whoosh. And then at the end it goes. <laughs> What's Brian wrong Cage with you looked, today? Brian right. Cage looked strong last night. Brian Cage has never power bombed anybody the likes of Sting in his life. Picked him up, gave him. A, that's a 61-year-old man who got up great for a power bomb and he took a good power bomb it wasn't too hard it wasn't too light it was good it was there it was snug it's what it's supposed to look like you know what my problem was with the segment what's that they treated it just like another segment stings on the ground selling glaring up and and shivani and jim ross are turning, coming up later folks we got this big six-man match no, let's shut the fuck up right there. Wow. Let let that moment marinate. Let's just see Sting rolling around in pain. Let me see Brian Cage's expression. Let me see Sting's face. I love the overhead shot, 
But let's let's not just roll into something else. Let's let's not do typical AEW and just gotta keep the ball rolling. Gotta keep the ball rolling. Gotta keep the ball rolling. What if somebody changes channel? What if somebody changes channel? They're staying an icon on the mat selling a power bomb from Brian Cage. Let's soak that in. Let's I just agree with go you. to let's just go to break without saying a word. Just my opinion. No, and, and and AEW, and and I'm guessing this is the reason why. I think a lot of the reasons is what you just said, Bully. They're throwing, continuously throwing things at you because they do not want you to change the channel. AEW has got to just be like, you know what? Let's just do our show. Let's dictate our pace for our show. Let's make these moments feel more significant. And I, I, I guarantee you, no one's going to change the channel. Because those it, moments are going to be more significant. Let it breathe. And if you really want the power bomb to have effect, go off the air, not saying, I'm sorry, go to commercial, not saying a word with Sting selling. And then when you come back from commercial, Sting is still selling. Now medical people are trying to help him up. That gets Brian Cage even o- over even more. Now the commentators should be like, you know, you know, Shivani could say to Ross and back and forth, we've known this guy his whole career. And I don't think that there's been a moment in time where I've been more concerned for Sting. I know it's just a power bomb, but it's a power bomb for Brian Cage. And I know Sting hasn't taken one of those in a long, long time. I don't know if this is the best decision that Sting could be making. Give me real yeah. facts and real details and real emotions. If you're Tony Schiavone, tell me, I really feel bad for Sting right now because I'm worried. I'm concerned. If, if there was ever a time for AEW to lay out, it would have been last night and let that breathe. Let him sell. Also, Bully, and you've said this many, many times, there is nobody on that AEW roster that could do what Sting did for Brian Cage last night. Like you talked about, this is the best that he has ever looked. Sting is the only person that could give Brian Cage that moment like he did last night. That's why I'm telling you that Brian Cage is more over this morning than he's been in his entire life. He powerbombed Sting. If, if I'm a producer, or if I'm the owner of the company, I am going to make that moment as big as possible. I don't think they treated it as big as it could have been because there was so much going on afterwards. The announcers were talking about other things. The focus should have been on concern for Sting and has Brian Cage just powerbombed Sting into retirement. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler show up on NXT last night to confront their challengers. 
And I got to be honest with you, bully. I thought Raquel Gonzalez was fire last night and schooled everybody on the microphone. I thought that uh, Raquel and uh, Dakota did a good job because of the way Nia and Shayna are portrayed on Raw. It's hard for me to take them seriously, no matter where they are or what they're saying. It's almost like when Shayna's like, "Don't forget, I broke your arm and I did this." Yeah, you, you did that when you're in NXT, but since you got to the main roster, you haven't done a damn thing. Oh, that's right, you bit Becky in the back of the neck. Um, they've become the foil for so many uh, others, and like especially with Shayna. Shayna is a badass shooter who should ha- have problems with nobody. Like, you know how I feel about Lana and Lana's worth ec- ethic and how great of a job she's done. But like last week, on uh, last the other night on Raw, you know, uh, that match should have been over in about 10 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds. Lana should not be able to go more than 10 seconds with Shayna Baszler. And they've watered her down so much that it's really not that big of a deal to me. Raquel Gonzalez is going to be a star. So, so much potential. Did a great job on the microphone. They, they they finally brought the whole line back. It got got a nice little pop. It was pretty funny. Every, all, all good. All good when it comes to Raquel. You know, I, I think she's going to be the standout star um, between her and Dakota Kai. I agree. And there's a couple of things here. First of all, like I mentioned on the microphone, um, I just I, I don't get anything from Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on uh, on the mic. Now a lot of it has to do with what you just said, the way they've been portrayed on the main roster. That definitely has a lot to do with it. But listening to that clip back that Ed just played, like when Shayna Baszler is talking, and then when also last night when we heard Nia Jax talking, it, the cadence, the way they deliver the lines, it's very formulaic. And it just feels scripted. Even Dakota Kai, to a certain extent, the cadence, the way she was making her delivery, it sounded scripted. The way Raquel Gonzalez delivered her lines and the way she said it did not sound scripted. And there was no cadence. That was the way somebody would speak to somebody if they were pissed and they were angry. There was no a lot cadence. more believ- yeah, a lot more believability. With Raquel Gonzalez, who's on the quote-unquote developmental show, NXT, than Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, who are on the main roster with their performance on the microphone. Cadence and inflection are what will tell you if a, if a promo is scripted or not. When they talk like this in a pro wrestling promo, I'll see you this week, and when I get there, I'm going to beat you up. Typical cadence in, in a pro wrestling promo. Um, I, and, and I agree with you. I didn't think Raquel did that last night. Uh, with with Rhea moving up to the main roster, I think Raquel can fill Rhea's shoes quite nicely. Um, yeah, good stuff. The only thing I didn't like, and I might be, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people aren't going to agree with me on this one. But the one thing I didn't like that was going on in the segment, because I, Raquel Gonzalez had me. Believability-wise, she had me. Emotionally, she had me, but... Can I, can I guess? Go ahead. It was the... Was it Naya and Shayna not taking her seriously? No. Okay. It was MSK and Beth Phoenix in the corner of the ring eating the popcorn. Like... 
I've seen I that before. I've yeah, seen, I found that entertaining. I didn't like it. I've seen it before. New Day did that. Um, it was too over the top. It was a distraction. Like, I get it. They're into, like, everything that's going on. They're eating a pot. But, uh, again, it had that feel of been there, done that. The New Day did that. And also, too, Raquel Gonzalez has me. I don't need the hokiness in the corner of the ring. Like, she really did have me. Like, she has something to prove. I don't need this corny bullshit going on behind me while I'm talking real to my two opponents. Those titles mean something. I want to prove myself. I don't need the bullshit in the, in the, middle, in the, in the corner of the ring. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for feeling that way. I found it entertaining. I thought it was... Uh... I don't think they I don't think they paid too much attention to them where my attention was taken off of Raquel, but I do get your point. If you're going to put the spotlight on spot somebody, let's leave it on them. I think they were using the I think Beth and the MSK guys in the background as a little bit of a uh a moment of levity and you're saying that you didn't need levity I didn't, in that I don't, moment. Yeah, you know what? That's what Raw does. Raw, you know, is always seems to be afraid to go there to make it seem real. Like they always will throw something at you the last second to, to remind you that this is just a show and don't take anything seriously. I was taking Raquel Gonzalez seriously last night. I think she schooled everybody in that ring. I think, and I just thought that that was, now that was just me. Like you liked it. People enjoyed it. That's fine. I'm not more power to you. If you found that enjoyable, I just, I've seen it before and I just thought it kind of took away a little bit from Raquel Gonzalez. But, again, if you liked it, more power to you. Though I do agree with you, and this is no disrespect to Dakota Kai, between those two, I think Raquel Gonzalez is going to be the big star. Without a doubt. Yeah. I really do. All right. Let's get back out to the call. Bus. Yeah, let's take some calls. I know you want to get to the calls. I'll get to the calls. So wait a minute. Time out. You're, you said twice today how many phone calls we have, so many calls, so many calls, and then you yell at me for saying go to the calls? Yeah, because I'd you know like, why? I'd like to actually talk to the people that want to talk to us. I'll get to them, but, but you've been making some really good points on the show today. And I will let it breathe. Don't points. be AEW, okay, bully. Don't no, be. AE- no, let's if, just if move anybody on. on move this show on. Is AEW. Oh, it's whatever. You. Homer, AEW. Homer. Yeah, because like, if AEW had a hole, a your bit. lips would be attached to it. Let it breathe a little bit. Let it breathe a little bit. Like no reason to just still not you're taking saying, calls. You're saying still some not significant. Calls. You're saying some significant things. Let those things breathe. I said a nothing bit. significant. I agreed with you. You were like blah blah blah, and I said exactly. Yes, take a call. Yeah, exactly. You're agreeing with me. Let's go to Joe in North Carolina. Joe, I know you wanted to talk oh, about. Oh no, no, I didn't and know you were going to go to Joe. Oh, oh you don't get the talking. You don't get the no, pick no, and no, choose, no, bully. No, 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 no. Give me something else to talk about, so we don't have to listen to Joe. Joe, go ahead, buddy. Yeah. So last you know night, this I, is what I really loved about Dakota and Raquel. You see, the chemistry was there. Joe's and been the... holding a while. Let Joe talk. All go right, ahead, Joe. All right, all right. Yeah, you know what? It's all right, Bully. Thank you for busting my balls. I appreciate it every week when you do it. I got no problem with it. Dave, I got an, you know, I've been on hold for two hours. I do want to talk about MSK because I was thoroughly entertained uh, during their uh, segment. It, in fact, it actually made me switch it from the Young Bucks match to watch NXT from that one live, and I never really do that. And like I, and like I said, of, Joe, really quick, yeah. and like I said, that's just me. If if you enjoyed it and liked it, more power to you. That's that's just my I, opinion. 
I did because it showed okay. a personality that I wasn't too much into. But then when they were doing it with Beth Phoenix, it, it showed me that they've got another side to them on top of the good moves. And I'm now invested in MSK a lot more than I was after the after the Dusty Rhodes uh, cool. tag team tournament. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. Now, Dave, you you talk about this thing about being banned with AEW and going down there, et cetera. You know what? It doesn't matter. You're asking the wrong ways of doing this. The busted open nation is going to get you unbanned from AEW. Oh the boy! Friday before no, the Friday before AEW Revolution. Got to Long do, Island, right? Please Stone don't Metal get me Man. in a deeper hole here, Joe. No, 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 no. All like we're going to get a hundred of us together, all with the Lagreca heads and you in there. They're not going to turn us down. Cody isn't going to turn down a hundred fans with Lagreca heads and you. Tony Khan knows better business than to alienate the busted open nation, Dave. We'll just force their hand. You'll be unbanned from AEW. Cody Rhodes would have to eat his words. Tony Khan would make money. And the Busted Open Nation will finally be together after a year after we had after it was canceled for the WrestleMania party. Yes, I'm looking for. You know what, Joe? I'm looking forward to it. Joe, awesome phone call. Do what you can. I appreciate it. Do what you can. It's it's not even lifting the ban. But, I mean, Bully, you would agree with me that Cody does owe me an apology. Maybe now that he's having a baby girl, mm-hmm. he'll soften up a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Question. That happens when That happens when you have kids. What, Ed? You're about to say something. Go ahead. Come on, Ed. What do you got? I was going to say, as a for you, as a fellow father of a daughter, you have common ground now. There's oh, a commonality. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Commonality. I can help. Yeah. I can give him some tips. And you can speak to him in the language that he understands. You, Dave, as the Jedi Master of having oh. a daughter, can Cody can be your Padawan learner. I, what, what the doggy paddle? Is. What are you talking you about? What a What's a Padawan? Is? What's a Padawan? What is a Jedi Padawan? Jedi in training. Jedi in That's training. A... All right. So just say Jedi in training. Okay. Okay. Padawan. Uh, I got to read a tweet. This is coming from Craig. He says, guys, so other than the exploding barbed wire, how is this match going to be different from the first Omega Moxley match? I don't know. Maybe the exploding barbed wire. And the bar- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hope they don't use any other gimmicks. Don't be a- bring a bunch of other stuff into the ring. Don't bring a barbed wire baseball bat. Don't bring a chair. Don't bring a don't bring a ladder and a table. None of that. Let the gimmick of the gimmick match play out. Work the gimmick of the gimmick match. Fight for positioning. Try to try to some, some, throw somebody into the barbed wire. Try to make somebody blow up. Keep it to the barbed wire exploding ring. You know what? Don't why, don't go uh, overboard with it. You know why you're really going to love this match at Revolution, Bully? Why? Because it's it's a championship match, right? It's for the AEW World Championship, right? Okay. And you, this is going to be an AEW championship match that you won't have to worry about the wrestlers being outside the ring. <laughs> yeah, the referee is pretty <laughs> in, inconsequential and insignificant <laughs> yes. in this match. 
Yeah, you don't have to worry about any of that. So I think you'll I'll, I'll think you'll like this match just fine. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.